You're listening to the Boss Yourself First podcast, season two, episode seven. If you want to be an effective leader, the first person you want to lead effectively is yourself. Self-leadership helps you create better relationships and a more fulfilling life, and in turn, lead others in a more authentic and impactful way. If this piques your interest, then stick around. I'm Robin White, your host, and this is Boss Yourself First. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Boss Yourself First podcast. We've spent this season exploring constraint, and I have to tell you that it's caused a little friction for me at home. (laughs) My family and I were talking about ideas to grow the podcast, and one of my daughters suggested that I might gain more listeners if I used the word constraint less. You see, the humans that I live with get to hear a lot about the podcast season before it's even the podcast season. So, While you've been hearing about constraint from me for seven weeks now, they've been living with it for, well, for months. Also, you have a choice and can just stop the podcast. My family's a little bit of a captive audience. They've even suggested that instead of a swear jar, I need to put money in for using the word constraint. (laughs) But we here on the podcast are going to power through. And we're going to continue exploring how to leverage constraint to slingshot forward toward our desired results. And last week, we learned about mental contrasting and the WHOOP method. So if you missed that, have a listen to episode six of season two. And that really lays the foundation for today's discussion about tapping into strong emotions for motivation to successfully process constraints. Hmm, That's like three or four times already this episode. My jar would be filling up, but there is no jar and I'm not paying. So as Morgan and Barden say in their book, A Beautiful Constraint, to make constraints beautiful, we need to identify the activating emotions, able to fuel more creative tenacity and to really create strong emotional connection. We'll utilize the mental contrasting we discussed last week to leverage that tension and energy of both negative and positive emotions. To mine for the most powerful emotions and to connect them with the propelling question, Barden and Morgan say we need to create emotional narrative. And I want to remind you that a propelling question is a question that combines a bold ambition with a significant constraint. Like, how do I make money with my restaurant to keep all of my employees during a pandemic When I can't have inside dining, that would be a great propelling question. And if you want to know more, have more of a refresh on a propelling question, check out episode three of season two of the podcast. We took a bit more of a deep dive on how to put together a propelling question. Emotional narrative is basically a story that highlights powerful emotional attachments with achieving our desired results or failing to achieve them. And this is going to take some reflection. And for some of us, we just want to get to the solution and move on. I know that patience is not really one of my strong suits. So if you're like me, take my word for it. Taking some time for reflection and doing this process will help. Remember that in the process of leveraging constraint to move forward, dealing with one constraint often reveals another and another after that. 
and tapping into emotions for motivation will help us be in the process for the long haul. And it's worth taking time for the reflection on the front end to have enough motivation to get all the way through to the desired result. Morgan and Barden have an approach to help us get the material for our emotional narrative because it's a little like staring at a blank page. How do I go about this? So first, when you think of your propelling question, ask yourself, why is it important to you? Collect your thoughts around that. And then second, they recommend checking in with eight basic emotions to reveal connections with your propelling question. As I said, we're looking for connections, not trying to create or muster up emotions. We're all human and we already have the emotions, so we're just searching for the strongest activating emotions. They suggest working through this list of eight emotions, and here's the list for you. Fear, excitement, love, desire, pride, greed, hate, and rage. So working through that list and asking yourself for the connection. For example, what scares you about this challenge? What are you afraid of in this challenge? What's your biggest fear facing the challenge? And I repeated that variations of the same question three times because that's what Morgan and Barden recommend to kind of dig deep, to really mine the depths of your emotional connection. Okay, the third step is to leave your reflections overnight. Walk away. (laughs) Then the fourth step is to choose the three strongest emotional connections from the eight and ask yourself why those are the strongest. One note is that when you're choosing your three, try to pick at least one negative and one positive, and that way we're taking advantage of the tension between the two that brings energy into the picture. In fact, reflecting on the three, ask how you can intensify these emotions even more. You might spend some time mentally contrasting the vision and feelings of success with the vision and feelings of failure. And remember to do that in moderation. If you want to learn more about mental contrasting and you missed the last episode, go back and have a listen, and it'll explain how that that tension and that energy works. But again, in moderation, we're trying to hit the sweet spot of mental contrasting. All right, step five, reflecting on these three, remember your three strongest, reflecting on these three, Put together a narrative that answers our very first question, why is this ambitious result combined with your constraint so important to you? Now, we've been talking about this on a personal level, but this whole process can apply to teams. Creating an emotional narrative can help teammates connect in different ways to the propelling question or to processing the constraint. So if you're working with a team, think about how they will connect with the narrative that's emerging. Barden and Morgan recommend thinking about where their strongest connection may be. You could have the team leaders work through this process individually and then join together to debrief and co-create the emotional narrative. In the book, A Beautiful Constraint, they say, as leaders, 
we will need to be skilled at creating the tension in the story around what the team is trying to achieve, tying the promise of the future to the threats of today. It's a powerful quote when you really think about it. The promise of the future with the threats of today, that connection. So the last step is to keep the emotional narrative vivid and in front of mind. You can do this with structures, and those are physical representations of the story. An object, something you see every day, as you're working to leverage constraint. It could be as simple as a few words on a post-it note on your computer, or a band on your wrist, or a photo on your phone or your desk. But don't stop at structures. Use your words, too. Keep telling stories that support your emotional narrative. Stories of the people who will benefit from achieving your results. Stories of who will be in distress if you don't achieve it. I know those steps are a lot to think about, and all of my multitaskers out there might be a little stressed about remembering them. So I've provided an infographic just for you at bossyourselffirst.com to capture those steps. You'll find it on the resource page under this episode. I want to share just a piece of a story from the book, A Beautiful Constraint, in talking about this emotional motivation. The book is talking about a team of students who are working on designing a low-cost breathing device for babies with pneumonia, and they needed it to be useful in rural environments. They quote a student on the team as she spoke of her personal experiences with the mothers and their very sick children in a Bangladeshi hospital. She said, I would describe the impact as the moment. The boundaries completely collapsed. They fueled my motivation. I don't care if I'm hungry, sick, tired, lonely. I'm going to be there and I'm going to keep working. That's the kind of emotional motivation we're talking about. Doing this work This creation of emotional narrative around constraint processing will help us to not give up when it's tough. It will prevent our regression back into the victim mindset. Remember, we talked about that being the very first stage of processing constraint, the victim stage. We know from season one that anytime we deal with emotions, we're dealing with power. Let's use that power for our advantage and make constraints beautiful. That's really all I have for you today, but I want to tell you about what's coming up in the next few weeks because I'm really excited about it. I've been curating a constraint hall of fame, meaning guest interviews with people in the trenches of dealing with constraint, especially over the last year. And I say curating because I'm talking with everyday people dealing with a variety of constraints. I'm really looking forward to sharing those conversations with you. And I think we have a lot we can learn together. Remember, if you want that infographic to highlight the steps we talked about today, go to bossyourselffirst.com and look on the resource page under this episode. Also, I'd be really grateful if you would leave a review for this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That's it for today, and I thank you so much for being here. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
I hope you found something to grab hold of and apply in your life. As always, any link or information mentioned in this episode can be found at bossyourselffirst.com in the podcast section. And if we haven't connected yet, and I would love to, DM me on Instagram at Boss Yourself First or come to the Boss Yourself First Facebook page and let me know how you're doing and what you think. I would really love to meet you. Thanks for being here and being you. Now get out there and lead with courage and kindness and boss yourself first and add your amazingness to the world. We sure need it. Talk to you soon, my friends.